Welcome to the Reckoning Podcast, where we stoke a campfire, gather around, and have real-life conversations with old friends, new friends, professionals, and just shoot the shit. Reckoning all things from hunting, outdoors, beauty, entrepreneurship, relationships, life, and more. It's all just a reckoning. This week, I figured I would hop on though and talk about our recent trip that we took to Robber's Roost in Utah. Uh, If you follow me on Instagram at Brittany.long, then you saw us. Well, you saw, I guess you saw my stories um, and then you saw my reel, (laughs) my first like official, official reel. You guys, here's the deal. When I made the reel, Everyone was telling me, like, obviously you should be making reels. It's just, it's the game. It's the game you got to play to be able to stay within the marketing and the way things are going. However, I was feeling super old in doing so. And I didn't honestly want to waste my time. If you've been around here for a while, you know, I'm big on like ROI. And I just, I wasn't sure if that was worth it. So everyone suggested just get on TikTok and which I don't have a TikTok (laughs) get on TikTok and just make it there because it's super easy which I will say if you're someone that's like needing to do the same thing needing to make reels videos TikTok TikTok was much easier to use um but then I got sucked in I got sucked in to the TikTok rabbit hole and my feed has gotten so dark so dark you know, I, I think I think where I went wrong is, you know, the kids were playing. Everything was good. I was kind of, I posted a video, got on there, kind of see if I needed to engage with anyone. Shocker, I did not. <laughs> I'm still figuring out. I have no idea how to use the hashtags or anything or how that works. Um, and then I go to the For You page, I believe, like the home page. I don't know. And then I was sitting there eating my chicken and my veggies. I sauteed some squash and I'm just eating my chicken and I realize I can watch the net like the anatomy on a cadaver so I sat there eating my chicken dinner learning about anatomy on a real life cadaver the shit you see on tiktok and then it just started getting really dark and scary and paranormal and then I you know I, I've been a little <laughs> nervous and I'm not I need to stop so um I think I need to look up happier things or I'm still not really attached to TikTok. So probably just don't go on the for you page. Did anyone else have that problem? Like TikTok is scary and dark. Um, My friend said hers is all like cleaning and comedy and mine is comedy and dark shit. Anyways, that's not why we came on (laughs) to talk. Uh, But hello, sharp left. You know, what has been coming with me on all of our adventures, whether it's our adventures out into the mountains or on family trips or work trips, my mountain ops. And not just one thing, but my favorite has to be their slumber. It's a comforting, delicious bedtime routine. Well, it's my bedtime routine that gives you a deep, restful sleep. I love their sleepy cider. Uh, basically think of it as like a sleepy tea. It reduces stress, anxiety, and it's so calming. Honestly, this has helped me replace glasses of wine at night for just that calming effect that you get with that routine. Plus it has muscle recovery. I loved this for going down into the canyon to help with the muscle recovery, also just to get a good night's sleep. And 
I take this with when we're in the camp trailer. I could not have been more happy that I had it on my business trip because it helped with the time zone changes and it just helped calm me for, you know, the event of the next day. Just those, those jitters and excitement. I also love their ammo. It's a meal replacement that is low lactose, whey protein powder, and with someone that definitely has problems with the lactose. It does not hurt my tummy. It's got 19 grams of protein, four and a half servings of real fruits and vegetables, and 10 grams of flaxseed. It tastes amazing and it's so nice to have on hand. Plus just help you get in that extra bit of protein that you need. As you know, we always have their performance protein bars in our packs or in the car so nobody gets hangry. They have 20 grams of protein. They're low sugar, gluten-free, and soft bake. There is no chalkiness here. If you're wanting to support the podcast, please go to thereckoningpodcast.com forward slash MTN OPS to see all of our favorite Mountain Ops products. We love Mountain Ops products because we believe they're not only the best out there with taste and consistency, but the crew at Mountain Ops are just good people, a company with core values a company worth supporting. Why? With each purchase, 2% is given to conservation and one nutritious meal is prepared for a child in need. So to shop our favorites, go to thereckoningpodcast.com forward slash MTN OPS and click that shop all of Mountain Ops here button to help support the show with our affiliate link. If you have followed us on Instagram, you may have seen a picture or reel of us making our way through these beautiful red rocks. And that was in Robber's Roost, located in Utah. I wanted to go through and recap our Robber's Roost trip because I received so many different questions in regards to Robber's Roost. And when I started doing some research, there was only a few resources for me to be able to refer to which I will tell you, um, I am no expert. (laughs) I'm no expert in this. There's a lot of things that we did this trip that were our first time doing it. It was something new for us. So when it comes to like getting advice and all the good juiciness, this is more or less a recap of it to give you an idea of what the trip is like, because I kept asking so many questions about what to expect. So this is more or less like what the trip is like, our experience, so you can kind of get an idea of what happened behind those pictures. I will tell you, first and foremost, a great resource for looking into Robber's Roost and actually getting a map and coordinates and information about going and what you need to know. I would refer you to Road Trip Ryan. I'll link his website below. He is a great resource for all the different hiking things. Like I said, he's got maps and information about that, what to expect, warnings, everything like that. So that is somewhere I would refer to when it comes to really needing to gather information about going out on this trip. With that said, if you're not familiar, Robber's Roost was the nickname given to this canyon and really the surrounding areas in southeastern Utah. And they were infamous for the outlaw, Butch Cassidy, and his wild bunch gang that they were referred to. This is where they would meet up and hide out after one of their big heists in the late 1800s and probably early 1900s. And let me tell you, that is something that piqued my interest. Rumor has it I'm related to Butch Cassidy, but like, (laughs) was grandma just telling me that? I don't know. I'm going to take it. I'm related to Butch Cassidy. And... Rivers also found Butch Cassidy's gold, which was super cool. So that piqued our interest about going. And if your kids are like mine, I have little Western loving boys. So 
anything to do with outlaws, Butch Cassidy and the history completely had their attention. Uh, and the reason why we went, like everyone was asking why robbers roost. Well, we went because we went with my husband's family and it's something that he had done as a kid. And I've always heard about this trip since I've known him. And it's something he's wanted to take our kids to do. So close to like eight or 10 months ago, we went through and we planned this trip as a family. Now, the whole time that we've been talking, like briefly talking about it, because it was so far out, I would ask questions here and there and Cody would answer them. But then as we got closer, probably January, I'm like, okay, like we're going in April. I really need to start planning for this. I'm a planner. Weird. I know. So as I started to look into this because I was feeling like I was annoying Cody in all fairness, I was and would be if it was me on the other end too, with all my questions, I just kept being like, well, okay, we're repelling. Do you know how many repels they are? Do you know like how how high are we repelling? I have an 11 and a five-year-old. I'm just trying to prepare my mind. What do I need? Do I need rope? Do I need repelling gear? I've never, I haven't repelled since probably high school. And it was, I think in an REI or something, something where we went rock climbing and repelling. Like it was not outdoors. As we got closer, I decided to start doing research as one does. And I got in a deep, dark hole of YouTube. And when I looked up robber's roost, there's numerous different locations that are called robber's roost. So (laughs) there's a lot. And as I started looking into it, there were insanely large cliffs that would be repelled off of, or there were places that there was no water or it was just a day hike. So why are we going to go spend three days? I'm so confused. And then I started watching another one that seemed like, oh, maybe, yeah, that that could be the location. And then there's these deep, insane, tight narrows. That's when I started to panic. (laughs) Because your girl is claustrophobic as shit. Like, pure panic attack when I got to walk into the Chichen Itza temples in Mexico down by Cancun, okay? Like, But so I'm asking him, like, are, are there narrows? Like, I, I just need to know. <laughs> he was like, no, like, that's not it. I don't remember that. That's no, that's not it. So then as we, <laughs> he sees me starting to panic and we start to kind of talk with the rest of the family. They're able to tell me Granite Cody's distorted memories of it is, it's totally understandable because it was probably 30, no, like 20 old is he it was like 20 plus years ago so obviously he doesn't remember things and he was little and young like it's a completely different trip as talking to his family they're like no there's no narrows like that you'll be fine there's there's no narrows I'm like cool and Cody just kept telling me I remember it just being like a fat man's hike he's like we go all the time it's fine it's literally we're repelling and then we're gonna be walking with our backpacks like it's not insane hiking it's on a trail you're used to hiking out in the sagebrush or the woods and having to make your own trail. It, it's totally cool. You'll be fine. So I was like, okay, I just have to get through the repels. There's no narrows. We're good. And I was excited to do the repels. We left on a Thursday and we headed down towards, to give you an idea of the robber's roost we went to, is down towards Hanksville, Utah. So 
We're in Utah and it was about a four hour drive. So we left on a Thursday and day one was basically making our base camp and rearranging vehicles. The hike is, and I think I already said this, like once you're in, you're in until you get back out. And that's about 25 miles later. Our plan was to have kind of our last nice dinner because our dinners were going to be dehydrated meals um, or freezer meals out of a bag. And so it was like, all right, let's make something nice on the camp chef. And we parked our vehicles that we drove in in. And then our plan was and ended up being leaving uh, my truck at the end location where you hike up and out of and you're done with the hike. So that way we can shuttle everybody back and then we can head home. That was day one and it worked out great. It was a great, I think too, a great way to kind of ease in to the trip as far as if you haven't done like a drop camp before or it's been a while, which for me it had been a while. I don't think I had done a drop camp since my elk hunt, which was over, I think it's like eight years ago. I. I haven't had to do a long drop camp like that. It was a good reminder of like, okay, my bag's loaded. You unload your bag every day. You've got to basically unpack your bag. You got to set up your tent. If you're using one, your sleep pad, your sleeping bag, what do you need for the night? Change your clothes and then get your dinner situated to kind of get an idea of the way that you have things packed. If that's going to work for what you need to get and get into throughout the day, or maybe order in which you need it. Granted, sometimes you just got to make shit fit, but it was kind of a good way to give you that. Oh yeah. So I'm going to be unpacking and repacking my bag every day. But day one was great and fine and fun. And my kids were so ecstatic. Day two on Friday, we woke up and, you know, made coffee, obviously, and kind of eased into the day. We wanted to get going as soon as it got warm, which was about eight or nine o'clock. Get everything packed up. Again, you're loading up uh, everything you put out. So you're letting the air out of your sleep pad. You're rolling back up and stuffing your sleeping bag. And then you're getting your clothes on for the day that you want to wear, packing that up, having breakfast if you need breakfast, taking down your tent, packing your tent and putting your tent in and then making sure you're good on water. You've got your snacks where they're supposed to be and you're good to go. We got a family picture because <laughs> you got to get a family picture, the before picture, essentially. And then it's time to start hiking. You say, peace out, civilization. I'll see you in two days. And you go for it. I would say probably not even a quarter of a mile in from base camp. What Rivers and I call base camp is the first rappel with the rappelling and just the hike in general with our kids and myself. <laughs> sometimes you got to give yourself a pep talk, right? We set this standard and the expectation of it is what it is. Like you have to continue on. And my kids aren't the type of kids that would just like throw themselves down and be like, I'm not going anymore. But I think it's good to set that standard Again, because, you know, you never you never know. We set that standard just because we knew we were repelling. It was something new to them. And one of them is pretty nervous when it comes to heights. They'll do it, but they just kind of shut down a little bit. Uh, so we wanted to set that standard so that they knew that and they realized going into the trip that, that that's what it was. So 
I am so grateful for the people that we had with us. Uh, they were so beyond patient and intelligent when it came to the repelling. You know, we had people that have recently done repelling and are knowledgeable with repelling. So we felt like we had really great instructors. We felt safe with what we were doing. And I have to say thank you to those that were so patient helping my kids and myself learn something new. Like I said, it's been a long time. And I have to say, it's really incredible watching your kids go through something that is something that's uh, really scary to them. You know, you're doing something, you're going off of a cliff. As a kid, you're told, don't go too close to the edge. And now you're asking them to trust this rope and this harness and themselves in what you just taught them and lean backwards doing so. So it was really neat watching them have moments and watching family kind of come together and support them and be patient with them and acknowledge their fears, which I think is a really good thing uh, to acknowledge it and be patient with it, but then also be there to support them through it and to show them that they can get out the other side and that they can do it. I would say by the second repel, um, there was a moment watching my oldest when he did it and he was going and you could see, you know, the go and the stop or go and break and breaks at the back and watching him hoist himself down and seeing him realize that moment of like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it. And he just looked up at my husband, Cody, and had this smile that I don't think I've ever seen before because it was pure joy and confidence and pride in himself knowing that he was doing something that he, you know, an hour before was really... It, it was something completely new and he had worked past that fear and that's like the true the true uh meaning of bravery right being scared to death of doing something but doing it anyways that was really freaking cool and i know that the kids learned a, lo a lot of life lessons on this trip of like things are hard but you got to keep pushing through and doing it anyways and i know they learned that through more than just the repelling aspect of it but that was really cool so the first day you're doing about, I think the first day you're doing majority of your repels. First set, I think, is two or three repels down. I mean, you get pretty damn comfortable with repelling quick, which is nice. Um, but the first day you're not going very far just because it's kind of time consuming. You're repelling, you're picking everything up, getting your packs on, lowering packs down. It really, you want to you wanna build as a family go do Robert's first. As you're repelling, you're also working your way, obviously down through the canyon. And doing this, there were drops where you didn't necessarily, they're not high enough that you need to repel or there would be rocks you need to go over. And it just gets really tricky with your packs. So there was a lot of times where we had to shuffle our packs and kind of create a line where we're just a line of us and we're just handing each other's packs down through where we need to go. <laughs> and I ended up feeling pretty damn bad because I told myself and my husband, and my in-laws, like, I will not bitch about how much my pack weighs. I won't because I'm having to split the stuff between 
of, of Rivers, my five-year-old, between my husband and myself. Coop carried his own pack. Rivers carried his water and his clothes and some snacks and his toothbrush because he's really concerned about his toothbrush. But it ended up weighing like 15 pounds. And he's just a five-year-old. He's, he's, he's five. So that's a lot of weight for a little dude. And I, your girl was worried about water because upon talking about things and coming up with lists of what we would need, there was a concern and they could not remember if there would be water the first day down in there. They figured if not, there were spots where you could dig down into the sand and could get the water. But I wasn't like living on uh, like digging through the sand and possibly finding water. So your girl had a whole bunch of water in her back and it was heavy. But I did not know I was going to be having to have everybody else manhandle my backpack too. So I kept apologizing because, man, I felt bad. It was, it was a lot. But we hauled packs through for each other. There were some tight spots where some drops just where it kind of narrows down and goes to kind of a side. And so all the dudes became human ladders. And we kind of just had to shimmy our way down and step on in-laws' shoulders and get real close to each other. Uh, but I'm very grateful for <laughs> for them. So there was a lot of places like that that my husband just didn't remember. However, my oldest was always, aside from like getting to the rappels, he was always ahead of us and they knew to wait. My husband's like, that's what I was. That's what I was. But it's because... They're small enough. They just sit on their little ass and they just slide down or they just crawl through like little monkeys and it's no big deal. <laughs> There's that. And then as we started making our way through, we decided to go just a little bit farther to try and get into the sun. Cause as I mentioned, as far as clothes goes, that day was warm. However, it wasn't like our hottest day. And I was trying to, I gave myself a five or not a five gallon, you're right. A gallon Ziploc baggie. And I was like, okay, this is everything. This, this is your clothes bag. What you can fit in there are your clothes. It adds up fast. You At first, you're like, I can roll shit real tight and fit it. No, it adds up fast. I was trying to be strategic. I wore my leggings that day. I'm actually wearing them again. You can probably hear me like rubbing my legs. <laughs> because the sides over on the hips are now kind of balled up from rubbing against the rock, and the sandstone, or what was it? Like lime rock from the sides and then also there was parts where I started off in like a cropped athletic top and I had my flannel and something easy just to throw on and I ended up wearing that actually most of the day just because by the time you get down into the canyon parts they're like the hundred foot I would say a hundred feet sure yeah that seems accurate <laughs> someone's gonna be like okay they weren't that tall no they were tall I would, I'll give them a hundred feet. We're down in the bottom of that. So you're in the, the shadows. And then there's parts where shit gets narrow. And when I say narrow, I mean narrow. Uh, it gets really narrow. And as far as kind of just climbing your way through, it was nice to have that added layer of protection. We all ended up with the same bruise on our forearm right by our elbow on the left side because the rocks kept leaning to the left. I was really praying for a right lean by the time we were done, but everyone ended up with that same bruise, just kind of hoisting themselves through. 
and leaning to the right. So I would suggest kind of just planning ahead that way, at least having something to protect your arms and your legs as you make your way through. Because like I said, my pants are, you know, definitely been rubbed against the sandstone. And I was glad I had that layer of protection with my flannel on because I was beat to shit. And then it started getting like really narrow. Like I mentioned, there was a part where the bottom of it, you had to, it kind of veed and you just had to put your foot in just right and just make your way through. I did really well. I'm proud of myself. If you're someone who's claustrophobic, you know this again, it's like those that were afraid of heights. I watched my kids do something that was scary and new to them. And I honed in on that a lot when it came to the narrows in which I was told there were no narrows, (laughs) but I did it. There was one part, I will say, there was one part where I had my backpack on and I was just kind of making my way through and it got more narrow and then more narrow and then more narrow and then I couldn't move because I was stuck and I started to panic because I couldn't move and I couldn't move and I couldn't move and the walls were getting tighter and tighter and the hair started getting really thin and then I dug deep I dug so fucking deep and I was like nope I'm not gonna do it I'm not, I'm not, I'm not stuck. I just need to rearrange. I need to figure something else out and make it work. So I took my pack off. I kind of had to haul it above my head and carry it. And then it was getting narrow and I was leaning and you kind of just start getting pissed quite honestly. (laughs) And I just started chucking my backpack, like not in an attitude kind of a way, but just like shoving my backpack forward. I would just have to lift it up and shove it forward and lift it up and shove it forward. Because if I wanted to get the fuck out of there, that was the best way to do it. And Cody's like, you good? And I, yep. mm -hmm. I'm just in my, let me be in my place. Thank you for checking in. I love so much. Thank you, babe, for checking in on me because you knew that's something difficult for me. There's not a lot of things I'll own up to that are difficult, but um, tight spaces are difficult. (laughs) It's making me get antsy right now, but yeah, I, I made it through. I made it through. I didn't have a panic attack. Nobody saw me have a panic attack, even though I was slightly crying on the inside and breathing into a bag like Sheldon. Yeah. There's a ways of that where it kind of, it's honestly not, that part is not fun. Um, but it's really freaking cool when you make it to the end. Like you did it, you did it, boo. You didn't freak out. So you get through those for a while. It gets really tight. There's some rocks you gotta go underneath. Filling a very 127 hours-esque. And then there's some some more areas where you have to drop your packs down to each other, make your way through. And then it starts to open up the gloriousness of it opening up and we kind of sat and enjoyed a little bit of a lunch and then made our way down to some more repels so as i mentioned the first day i think has five or six repels i should go back through and count them or look at our pictures to see for sure i'll put that in the show notes once i can kind of get an idea 
of how many repels there are. So you basically the first day you're making it down the majority of the repels for the trip going through narrows and just making your way down through the canyon. And then, yeah, you are, you're repelling a lot that day. It's insane. Now that I like look back and think of everything we did in one day, it's like, holy shit, that's crazy. Go us. The last repel of that day is a really fun repel. (laughs) It's out on a ledge where it comes out. And then I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. It comes out and rounds and then it ends. It hangs over. It's like a hangover. If you're looking at it from the bottom, it's a hangover. So it probably goes down for five feet and then it cuts under and you're then free repelling which means your legs aren't against the wall so that was something like I said every repel had its different challenges or ledges you had to work through and that one was a free repel so that one was really cool to be able to do we were wondering if we were going to make it to that repel that specific repel was something that we wanted to get to our goal was to be able to set up camp for that night just past that repel uh, at a little cove that they had in their mind from the last time being there. And so it was really cool that we literally, (laughs) it's amazing when you're like, we got one more to do, how you can really kick it into gear and get shit done. We did that one, made it down and we had our headlamps on. We sent the kids and grandma and auntie to go find the cove as the rest of us made our way down so that we could get the kids hike into the cove. Um, just being strategic about, you know, who we have and who needs to get going first so that they can get there, take a little bit longer. And so then the rest of us hiked down there into the cove that we wanted to stay in, which was really cool underneath another, it was a cove basically and under a rock where we made camp. Uh, there's a really cool picture that I took like real proud of myself of that camp with Coop and Cody by the campfire. They decided to sleep out under the stars, but you know, couldn't see them because we were under the rock and our King's camo tent illuminated with Riv hanging out in the tent, getting ready for bed. That is the, really the first day of the hike, I would say. And that location is beautiful. And we were so lucky enough. We did not have to dig through sand, which was really cool. The spot was really awesome where we were. I'll have to post a picture online. You'll have to look at it, look at the show notes. I'll have it on there or on my Instagram as well, where again, it's like up on the shelf away from the river. And then there's the overhang of the rock where you have that protecting you. We were able to, my father-in-law bought a water purification system. Cody and I have little ones, like mini ones in our backpacks that you've heard me mention before. He had a bigger one and I would say I didn't invest in it, but I asked him if he felt like it was worth investment. And he said, hands down, yes. Uh, And I would say so too. If it was something I would have bought, I would have been very grateful that I bought it. I was grateful he bought it because he was able to refill all of our extra water bottles that we had. We all had kind of, we had bladders. All of us had bladders in our bags. Plus we all had one or two water bottles on the side of us. And we were able to fill water bladders and our extra water bottles on the side. So we got there that night and we were able to find firewood, which was really great. I was curious if we would be able to have 
a fire or find firewood. And Cody also found a big old log that he carried down for us. Good job, babe. And then we all kind of found our spots that we wanted to sleep, you know, find a level spot, make a level spot, dust off the pokies, make room, pop up your tent if you're using a tent and start making dinner too. Uh, I was thinking to myself, the whole time, I'm like, why the hell was my backpack so heavy? Like I know when we started that my backpack is heavier than when I left the house. Why? But it's because right before we left, I was like, I better grab more water. So I just started shoving more water bottles in my bag. So when we got to that camp that night, I ended up digging out all the water bottles out of my bag. I just was like, everybody grab them, use it for dinner tonight. Started warming up our water in their jet boils and starting our meals. And then I was just kind of hanging out around the campfire, talking for a little bit. And then everyone went to bed because we were exhausted. When I looked at my watch that night, I had burned 5,200 calories. So, so much for that fat man's hike, Cody. <laughs> but it was good. It felt really good. And Riv and I slept in the tent. And then Cody and Coop ended up, which the tent has never felt so luxurious before. It was like my own little sanctuary Riv felt the same way. He was always like, hey, I'm going to go in the tent now. You know, it's kind of nice to have your own little spot. That little two-man tent, man, it felt huge. <laughs> it felt huge. So we slept in that, and then Cody and Cooper slept outside under the stars, even though, you know, there wasn't any stars because we were under the rock. That's the first night. Easy peasy, man. You're listening to the episode, or you've listened to a few, and you're thinking to yourself, I know it. How do I see all these things that Brits mentioned in all these episodes? Or you're wondering how you can support the show. I am so glad you asked. <laughs> if you go to thereckoningpodcast.com and then click on the little menu on mobile, it's like three little bars up at the top, and you click on shop, you can see all of my recommendations from outdoors, fitness and wellness, business, beauty and fashion. You're wondering what I'm using for like lashes or something or home. They're all there. I have his picks. I'm currently staring at the dude wipes on here. And let me tell you, those were a must and a favorite on this trip. So again, if you want to look at our favorites, stalk around, get nosy, go to the reckoning podcast.com and click on the menu and then click shop. And right there is how you see all of the mentions and how you support the show with our affiliate shop. We started day two with grandpa and the kids were doing purifying water, filling everybody's water bottles up. Uh, it's really great to go with a group that realized like <laughs> to quote rivers, teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> he kept saying that during the trip, but it's true. Riv, you're right. <laughs> they did that. And we started making our breakfast with our jet boil and most everybody I think had the peak refuel meals and I got the Heather's choice meals, loved them. Uh, and we did that. And then we cleaned up camp day two hiking, which is really, yeah. Day two hiking, um, down in the Canyon, I'm going to go ahead and say it. And I think everybody feels this way. Day two is the hardest day. And it was just, I think, I don't know if it's always this way because <laughs> I have nothing to refer it to, but the first day you only, I, I don't know if you go more than 
Like you definitely don't go more than 10 miles the first day, like five, but it's long because you're having to, you know, repel, pick up your repelling stuff, haul packs. Like I mentioned, make it through the narrows, um, become human ladders, things like that. But day two was tough just because I, I was like, I feel like a pioneer because I've been told about where we're going on day two. Our end spot is by the river and it's a cove. It's another cove and it's by the river. And I keep getting told how beautiful it is and that's where we're going. And, but I just keep hiking. I keep hiking. I keep moving and I don't know where it is. And it's like another bend, another bend, another bend. Is that it? No, another bend. And it's through sand. So majority of it, the first, so the second day you walk probably again, not even a quarter of a mile and you go to this beautiful location that has a little pond up top right in the middle of the rocks. Uh, super beautiful. And then you go kind of around that and it, right within the same location, there's another drop down to another pond. So it's super beautiful. It's slick, it's wet. And that is your last repel of the entire trip. We were thinking at one point that maybe that we had one more after that, but that is the last repel. It's super beautiful. It's tricky just because there is water underneath. We were lucky enough that there was a bench that we could kind of land on when we repelled down, but we did have to go through the water to get over to uh, the sandbar at the shore where we needed to hike out. So we did that repel. I ate major shit on that repel just in this, <laughs> I guess it wasn't that bad. It just felt bad in my head. Uh, I loved repelling. I had so much fun repelling granite. Like I think the highest repel Cody said was probably, I don't know, 50, 60 feet, I think is what he was telling me. One of them was a long repel, but a more inclined. Uh, it was nothing crazy. So again, put that into factor, but I had a lot of fun doing it. It was something fun and challenging. And I kind of just like to make my way down quick, but this one was tricky in the sense I've really learned in repelling. Like there's a lot of key factors. I should get someone on that's like really knowledgeable with repelling. That would be really cool. But you know, like dropping your butt down, things like that. And it really is knowing how to be safe with it, using the proper equipment, knowing the techniques. And then there is a point where you just it's nice to know the people below you can see certain things, but then you also need to kind of make the way down that your body can fill, like fill your way down just because it worked for someone else's long legs doesn't mean it's going to work for your little legs kind of a thing. Uh, so I slipped a little bit. <laughs> Cody was my blame man. He says he saved my life. Sure. But I smacked my hand hard into like the ledge that I was going into. And I was like, whatever, recovered quickly, made my way down, la di da da But because in my head I ate shit and looked like a dumbass, like I feel like I lost the whole entire game. Like, yeah, you did great on six of them, but you didn't, you didn't finish strong. So therefore I lost everything. Uh, and then after the fact, I took my gloves off and I was like, holy shit. And I looked down and I popped a vein. So that's cool. So I have a super gnarly scab on my hand right now that's been healing but anyways so that's the last repel <laughs> now that you just got to hear my whole life story about my repel that is the last repel and then you are walking basically through sand the whole rest of the walk headed to this cove that is located by the river and 
at this point, you are trying to make your way out of the canyon that you've been into. Again, you're just slowly making your way through the riverbeds and trying to cut across some of the riverbed locations so that you're not going, you know, longer than you need to if you can cut across. Great. At this time, I mentioned, I think that both boys were packing their backpacks uh, both days. They packed or the first day they packed their backpack themselves and Coop was packing all of his stuff. And then we had Riv's stuff split between the two of us that he didn't have in his backpack. And he did so awesome. Cooper was out in front the whole time. I don't have any pictures with Cooper on the second day because I did not see him. <laughs> except for the few times that we stopped together at the first of the hike after we repelled. And then he was off with his auntie and his uncle and his cousins and off and away. And I was proud of him. He did awesome. He did so good. And so did Rivers. Riv did so, so good. And we ended up because that day, I think they said we did 14 or 15 miles and it was time for him to, we, he took a break. So we would take breaks where we'd kind of, he would pack it and then we would pack it, um, kind of a thing. And we just went at Riv's pace. We, Cody and I just kind of hung back and we sat and talked to him and got to have all kinds of conversations. And it was kind of fun. I totally missed not being with Coop, but I knew he was off on his own little adventure and getting to spend time that he hasn't got to uh, with that group. And it was fun to be able to do that kind of separately with Riv because we've never, we haven't done that before with him. And it was really cool hearing all of his stories. And then it was also really cool watching him push through because he walked slash hiked, whatever, the whole trip. He never once got picked up and it was really cool. That was, that was like his hard thing was making it through that because we ended up in a gnarly sandstorm. I like literally, I had no idea I was walking through the Sahara on this trip. No, I didn't know. I had no idea. You not only are you walking through the heat and then you add the sand into it. And if you've ever walked or ran in the sand, you know, that adds a whole other element. And then you add in a windstorm, which you're walking through the sand is now a sandstorm. And it was wild. I've never been in a sandstorm like that before, but all you, like we said from the beginning, it is what it is. You got to dig deep and power through because the only way out is to keep going and make your way down the canyons. We ended up just kind of having him hold on to me. Cody gave him his sunglasses and he held on to the back of my pack and we kind of just blocked the wind. And I told him like, just look down or close your eyes and just keep walking, buddy. It was kind of cute. He kept being like, just keep hiking, just keep hiking. And then bless his heart a little bit later after he's like, hey, that sounds like Finding Nemo. He's like, that sounds like Dory. I'm like, weird. <laughs> there was moments that, you know, you got you just got to stop and feed a kid a snack to give him that little boost. So we had lots of snack breaks, lots of good little talks with him. And uh, one of his uncles wore the shoes that you can see that go over all your, like the glove shoes. You know what I mean? They go over all your toes. Each toe has its own little home. And he would keep in like, oh, look, there's, there's a footprint. And so we were joking that he was like Grug off of the crudes. So we kept telling him, we're like, look for Grug's feet. And so that was a way to keep him, to keep his head down as I think we probably went a mile, mile and a half or so through the windstorm or the sandstorm. I'm sorry. There was a windstorm, but this was specifically like the sandstorm. 
And so that was a way for him to keep his his head down and kind of look for something exciting. So it was kind of fun to, as a parent too, just there's times where you're like this, this is, this is rough, you know, but as a parent, I think a lot of times you find yourself not complaining and being a lot tougher because you have to for your kids, you know? So yeah, he'd get really excited when he could find Grug's footprints in the sand. So <laughs> shout out to Grug. So that was a majority of the day was just hiking our way through. Cody would cut up and Riv and I would cut up through the riverbanks and try and not follow the riverbank all the way through just so we weren't hiking extra time that we didn't need to. And also hoping that maybe, you know, we could find a shed. Never did. But I tell you what, if we were going to find one, it was going to be a monster because they nobody, nobody is shed hunting down there. But we didn't. <laughs> Slightly disappointing. Um, made it through that. And then it was to the point where we were kind of starting to get nervous. We didn't realize that it was going to be such a long day again in our head. And from what they could remember uh, and what I had been told just from Cody is we would be getting to camp and setting up and then having a couple hours before dark to really hang out and do things. So as it started getting later and later and we weren't seeing what felt like the end of the canyon, <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh. Like there was parts that you definitely started to feel a little bit depleted, just not knowing I think if we did it again, we would feel a lot more confident in it just because, um, you know, now we have things like Onyx where we have locations marked or our tracks marked so that it wasn't like, do we have two more hours? Like, is the sun going to go down? Or are we just going to have to camp here? We did not have to. And we ended up finding the big, when we met up with my father-in-law, he's like, we have to look for the big tall wall. Like you'll know. And boy, will you know, he's right. We ended up finding that and finding the river. It was pretty wild to find the river and actually start walking out into more open space because all day you had been walking in those, just in a canyon that you were following that really wasn't quite open. So when you get to that spot, it really opens up. And then it was time to follow the river. And at that point, we were looking for another cove that we wanted to stay in that they had stayed in in the past and that they knew about. <laughs> and it was starting to get dark, like I mentioned. And we were thinking we might have had another hour or two before we got to where we wanted to. And we were told we needed to cross the river to go over to the cove where we needed to sleep to cross the river to go back to where we were going to hike up and out the next day. And I was getting to the point, like I said, feeling a little depleted when we had heard it might be another hour or two before we get to where we want to. Honestly, when I heard that, like I felt depleted. You could feel the energy of the group being like sucked out. <laughs> Everyone like, you know, and I was having those thoughts like, okay, we're going to end up camping in the bushes on the, on this side of the river. So we can just hike out. Luckily, it wasn't as far as we thought. We found the cove, thank God. And it was time to cross the river. And honestly, it was looking pretty dang deep. Um, you know, we did this in April as the runoff starting to happen. And so it was looking a little deep, but uh, it was great. We had, like I mentioned, incredible company and the guys went out and felt their way across to where we could cross safely, where it wasn't too deep and pack the little guy 
across. I have never felt more like <laughs> Elsa in 1883 in my life as we were being herded across. Herded. We weren't exactly being herded, but my sister-in-law stood out there making sure everyone was making the cross. And it just, it made me giggle because you really feel like a pioneer and like she's the guy keeping all the people just going. Come on, come on. So we hiked, we made our way across there and then hiked up to this cove. And it is pretty wild that the cove wasn't, it looked like a cove, but it looked like anything super special. There was tons of sagebrush as you come up and out of the river. And as you make your way up through the sagebrush, you start to come up into some trees. And sure enough, it is a beautiful cove with a little spring I guess we wouldn't call it a spring. Maybe? What would you call it? Like a little tiny pond down in the bottom of there where we were able to filter again more water and get camp set up. And by that time, everyone was just kind of ready to set up camp and, and get to bed. We kind of just hung around the campfire for just a little bit while everyone ate because it was a little bit of a later night. Then set up camp and get to bed. <laughs> the poor guys that night decided... Riv and I mentioned slept in our tent and Coop and Cody and some others slept outside and I felt so bad because I woke up in the middle of the night with my tent just blowing, 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 blowing. It was so windy and I honestly expected at one point for them to just come to the tent and be like, all right, make room. I don't care. We're sleeping in here. But we woke up the next morning and they were just buried deep down inside of their sleeping bags and they slept through the wind. That's why I asked him, I'm like, did you, did you sleep okay? He's like, yeah, I just buried myself down in the bottom of my sleeping bag and I was able to get it out of it and I slept fine. It's like, okay, because I didn't because I was thinking you guys were going to be coming and telling me to get the hell out of the way at any moment. So we slept there and it really was beautiful, beautiful location to sleep. And then we did the usual. We made coffee, packed up camp, finished filtering any water to get out. And then it was time to go figure out where we were crossing the river and how to find our way out. It was time to go home. And let me tell you, I was like ready to go. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. This is fun, but it's time to go. Day four, Sunday. After we got everything loaded up, water filtered, that then it was time to go back and cross the river and hike our way out with hiking out it's important that you look for the Karens and this trail is up over the sandstone rock is what I'm going to call it and so it's really there's not like it's hard to see a designated trail other than looking for Karens and if you don't know what a Karen is I think it's C-A- R-I-N. Let's look. Karen. Not like the bitch in the asking for the manager. Sure. I'm going to say it's C-A-R. Karen Stones. So, oh, nope. C. Wait. <laughs> okay. Oh, look. Here's a good description according to LiveScience.com. Karen's. C-A-R. I-R-N-S. That's what I said, right? Let's see. LiveScience.com says they are human-made stacks, mounds, or piles of rocks that take different forms. 
They have been built by cultures around the world for many different purposes. Um, they serve as monuments, burial sites, and navigational aids. That's what we're looking at. So the Karens are navigational aids, which are so cool. Like think how long ago these have been in place. So as you start making your way up and out, um, there's a little bit of climbing, but this is probably this part of the hike was something that felt the most familiar to me because it was just a steady incline and this kind of felt like this is this is my kind of hiking this is what i'm used to and it was a lot of fun and it was different doing it over the sandstone so you're looking for these karens and you will just see them out in the distance and this is basically your trail you're following the trail and riv had a lot of fun and i know the other kids would be like karen there's a karen and so that is just how you follow your way out it is literally just trusting someone else's navigational aid and thank you to whomever went through and did this and to the poor bastard that went the wrong way <laughs> and figured out which way to go i see you i appreciate you thank you so you look for the karens and you just hike your way out i think they said like as a crow flies it's like maybe one and a quarter miles and boy when we know that there is like a truck waiting for us and a cold beer in the cooler tell you the family can move <laughs> So we hiked our way out, making our way up over that. Um, and it literally just kind of is one of those hikes where you feel like over the next mountain, over the next hill, is it this hill? Is it this one? And we just kept going with the saying we said all weekend, just keep hiking, just keep hiking, just keep hiking. So we just went with the just keep hiking thing. And then we were up and out of there. And I think by the time we got to the truck and by the time everybody got to the truck we were family picture taken drinks had everyone situated bags in the back everyone in the truck before noon and that was the goal day four was in and out and a pretty good hike but like I said I would just keep in mind if you're going to be doing that again look at the road trip Ryan information and then keep in mind you're going to have to look for those Karen rocks because it is not very much of a marked trail from the river up and out which was something something new for me and that kind of is a recap of our family's experience going through robber's roost as I mentioned I have a bit of like a packing list that I used just based off of the days that we went and what we needed specifically for going in the springtime. I will tell you people like after the fact there were things that I was like so glad we had them like I mentioned the water purification filter we had the mini ones in our backpacks if we needed them but my father-in-law had that big one and I think he was beyond glad I know I and others were very glad that he had it. So that was incredible. If you're going to be going for a long time or with a group, you might as well just get that one. I'm very grateful that I ended up getting my women's Metcalf backpack from the boys, my Mystery Ranch pack. I can't imagine doing that trip. Like I just, it wouldn't have gone the same if I wouldn't have had the backpack that I had. I think in that reel that I share, it shows me packing it in the show notes. I will put, um, if you click the like read the article, there'll be a video in there so you can kind of see me loaded up and really you'll see everything that I threw in there that first day getting started. 
And I'm grateful for that because it was beyond a comfortable fit and it was able to hold not only my stuff, but like I said, we split uh, Summer River stuff between Cody and I. So grateful for that. It was easy to organize, get into things that I needed to, like snacks for Riv or myself. And like, honestly, overall, it was very comfortable. I didn't get any raw spots on my arms from rubbing and my back didn't hurt. Aside from like the fact that we just went 14 miles in one day with, I don't even want to know. Part of me wants to reload my pack and see how much I had in, especially for that first day when I had, I think I pulled out six extra six or eight extra water bottles. I did that to myself. I didn't, it was fine. The backpack was fine. When the backpack was on me, it was totally fine. I just, like I said, I felt really bad when everyone else had to lug my backpack over crevices through things. And it, when we had to do a fire drill. So sorry about that. The tent, the tent was our little sanctuary. I love that two person Kings, uh, camo tent it was awesome and granted it was me and a five-year-old in there but there was actually a lot of room when we first got it for cody i bought it for him for his birthday a few years ago for him and his friend i was just giggling because i kept thinking that is hilarious you guys like there's no like you're spooning at that point you have to spoon you just have to call big spoon little spoon that's the way it is but there's actually quite a lot of room in there um and i like that the rain fly goes over so that you can put a place for your boots or like I ended up putting some stuff just out the side of it. So when I would start rivers likes to wake up earlier, we're just morning people. So when my morning started early, I could kind of put my morning stuff right there so that I didn't have to start digging into my bag and waking everybody up. Uh, I really liked that tent and it is so lightweight It is made for drop camp purposes. The next thing that I will continue to buy and love and was something that I got specifically for this trip were my Heather's Choice Mills. I mentioned other mills, but these, did I talk about these? I don't even remember. This is a beefy episode. I loved these. I think I did because they have fruits and veggies in them. Um, They have such good clean ingredients and (laughs) they taste insane. They're so good. They're full of flavor. I honestly was craving them and excited to eat it at the end of the day. The oatmeal was so good. And like I stayed regular. I was really concerned about going with family and Cody made it sound like I was just going to have to make my way down a little Canyon and I'd be close and things would be echoing and all kinds of stuff. So I was real nervous, but I, in my book, if you've ever gone somewhere with dehydrated meals or camp food, that can be a problem and nobody likes that. So everybody got their sticker this trip, I think. (laughs) But that, to me, that's a raving review. If you pooped on the trip, you're good to go. Which, sorry that I just put that with food, but honestly, they're delicious. But if you know, you know. And that's a great thing. Like, you need to stay regular. Speaking of which, dude wipes. Have you guys used dude wipes? (laughs) Love the dude wipes. They, um... I don't know, dude, you know, the boys like using them. Uh, They're clean, real good cleaners, and they also make face wipes. So I brought those for kind of our little whore bath situation. And the dude wipes we have, they have individual packs too, which are little travel size ones, which Cody was like, what in the hell am I going to do with one little wipe? But for me, I liked it. 
for just going pee. And then also they come in like a wipey situation, like you would see baby wipes. And they come in like bigger cloths. They're just really good. Check out a dude wipe. They're literally like baby wipes for guys. So really liked the dude wipes. Uh, those came in handy. And I, f I just feel like you don't have to use as much. Okay. <laughs> Definitely make sure you have sunglasses and hats. Uh, not only for the sun and the usual situation, just the fact that it's hot and trying to keep yourself protected. Sandstorm. They were needed and granted, I don't think that there's going to always be like a really gnarly sandstorm like we had. However, you're going somewhere that is sandy, so you might as well just have the protection of the sunglasses and the hats. Repelling gear. Guess what? I'm actually finishing up this episode a week later. And when I started recording this, it was actually on my birthday. And that evening I ended up getting some repelling gear, my own harness and some carabiners for my birthday from the boys. Clearly every time we go somewhere in the last month since we've been on this trip, Cody sees me just looking at different ledges <laughs> and asking questions. I think we could repel off of that. If I was to repel off of that, like it just has your mind thinking now, if you're going to repel off something, it, where you would place your foot and how maybe you would hop or drop or things like that. It's kind of just an interesting game. Again, I might change my mind um, now that I have repelling gear. And if I go on something a little more wild and crazy and tall, my tune might change. But for now, I really enjoyed the repelling. And like I said, I feel like I lost because I screwed up my last repel. Um, so I need to redeem myself. <laughs> So definitely get repelling gear, go to somewhere again, not a professional here. I'm not an expert when it comes to this. We went to professionals. We had, um, more expert help people that were ahead of us in the repelling to help us and go to somewhere, ask them, let them know what you're doing, how much rope you need, all that jazz, talk to them, let them know, communicate extra hard when it comes to that kind of thing. And, I'm just very grateful for when it comes down to this trip, I think the experience was really incredible, clearly, but I'm very grateful for excellent help that I think everybody had their role in the trip. And I'm just really grateful for the patients that was there with myself and my kids and everybody that went. It was just, we had incredible company and I feel very lucky that we have family that we want to go and spend time with like that. And <laughs> I would say, talk about a family building exercise, go do repelling and hiking through narrows and not knowing how much farther you have for four days and see, see what that does for your family bond. Definitely. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was great. So I'm very grateful for that. And for everyone's patience with me too, because I know I had a lot of questions. Like I said, I was getting probably kind of annoying to Cody and others when I'm like, so what about this? How about this? So now I know now they don't have to hear me ask any more about robber's roost. I got it. If there's anything that I learned from this trip, it's that kids are resilient. They are strong. I think humans in general, but especially kids, they, they haven't been tore down yet by the world to um, not push through their fears. And I learned so much 
from watching all the kids on this trip push through fears or scary moments or things they weren't sure of or being uncomfortable. And as an adult, watching the kids do it made you buck up and do it. So if there's anything to take away from this, it's it's to continue being brave and continue to push yourself and do something outside of your comfort zone. This was something definitely outside of my comfort zone. And I'm glad I did. And teamwork makes the dream work. (laughs) Hopefully this episode answers some questions for you about Robber's Roost or inspires you to go out and do something new or push yourself to new limits or just go do a trip with your family. Even if it's just a one night over, you guys have never gone camping and you're ready to try popping up the tent and take a few things. And just even if it's at a camping spot, just to go and explore and get out in nature and to be able to connect with each other, I think is everything. If you have any questions in regards to this, I'm sure there's like, I literally couldn't recap everything. I'm sure there's going to be so many things that I'm like, damn it. I wish I would have said this, or I could have reminded them about this. If you have any questions, please reach out to us on our website. You can email us, you can DM us on Instagram. And if there's anything that I mentioned in this episode that you're curious about, you want to see, I will have everything linked in the article. So if you're on your podcast app now and you just swipe up, there should be a little bit of a paragraph and you'll see something that says like read show notes or article. And if you click on that, that will take you to a page that will have all this outlined. It'll have all the equipment, all of the websites, everything like that, that I listed there for one stop shop or (laughs) reference for you to look at. Okay. Until next week. Please don't forget to subscribe. If you're listening to us on Apple podcasts, leave a five-star rating interview. It seriously helps more than, you know, if you took something away from this podcast or you enjoyed it, please take a screenshot of you listening to it or a selfie and tag us on Instagram at the reckoning podcast or me at Brittany.long. We're excited to chat with you next week.